1: To create a listener account and in that listener account you can save episodes for later listening so you can create a kind of listening list we think these features are neat and we think you'll enjoy them please visit the site today
0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to the New Books Network. This is your host, Paul. Today, we're going to be speaking with Mr. David Kushner about his book, Rise of the Dungeon Master, Gary Gygax and the Creation of D&D, published by Nation Books in 2017. This book was illustrated by Corin Shadmi. So welcome to the show, David. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. As a tradition on the channel, maybe we should just start with a little bit about yourself, uh, where you're from, your background, and then uh, your relationship uh, with, uh, with D&D and the subject matter of the book.
1: Sure. Um, so I'm a journalist and author. I'm a contributing editor at Rolling Stone and, um, I, you know, authored several books, including masters of doom, which was about, uh, the the co-creators of the, the seminal first person shooters, doom and quake. So, you know, writing about gaming has, has always been an interest of mine. I do a lot of, um, stories where there's a computer chip in them somewhere, um, you know whether it's hackers or you know um, kind of the early days online and all that. So um, and growing up in Florida, I was a big gamer myself and uh, you know played D and D. Uh, and although personally I I kind of grew impatient with it, and I I spent most of my lawn mowing money in the uh, in the arcade playing you know Defender and stuff like that. But, um, but I always, you know, I always had a, had a, I had a real respect and a a real strong interest in Dungeons and Dragons, um, you know, which to me kind of like Doom, um, you know, was a seminal, uh, not only a seminal game, but a seminal kind of, um, work of popular culture influence on popular culture. Um, I think that D and D today, we're just seeing the incredible influence of this more and more, um, every day when you look around, whether it's just the ubiquity of fantasy and, you know, stuff like game of Thrones, uh, um, or, you know, certainly if you look throughout the video game industry, um, you know not only specifically in the role playing game genre of video games but uh, you know as i explore in the in the graphic novel um you know dungeons and, D- dungeons and dragons was or is but but especially was i think during those pre you know internet pre kind of um computer culture days uh this was like an operating system that you could plug into your brain and you could imagine these worlds and so you know when you look at the the dungeons and dragons impact on the video game industry today it's it's as much that it just fostered creativity amongst this this new generation this generation that would go on to make games of all of all types so um you know that was that's kind of been my interest in in D and D and then back in 2007 2008 um, I did a long feature story for Wired magazine which uh, was a profile of Gary Gygax and I I went to interview him I also interviewed many others um, you know in his world including Dave Arneson sort of somewhat somewhat unsung. Um, co-creator of the game. And that's the basis of the graphic novel, um, which now here, you know, nearly a decade later, um uh I put together with the help of uh illustrator, Corinne Shodney. So that's my uh it's my long story of of how I got to Rise of the Dungeon Master.
0: Great. Well, it's it's just a fantastic graphic novel, and uh, the style of illustration is is really wonderful too. How did you get linked up with
1: Corin Shadmi? Had you known him previously, or um, no? I didn't. You know, I I proposed the idea to uh, an editor I know um, at Nation Books, and she liked it. And you know, um, she was really the one who started churning up a, a list of uh, potential illustrators. And, um, you know, Corrin, uh, not only being a, not only was he a really talented illustrator, but he was, um, somebody who grew up playing D and D and so had that understanding. Um, and had, in fact, had previously thought about doing, um, a D and D themed graphic novel. So it was just a perfect, uh, you know, match in that regard. And we had a lot of fun working on it together
0: how did you come to the decision initially to do the graphic novel format?
1: Um, you know, again, just going back to my roots of being a big nerd. Um, you know, I just, I always loved comics. I loved, um, you know, mad magazine was a big influence on me. Um, I I always liked graphic novels and back when they were, I guess maybe just called underground comics. And, um, so I just I've I've been interested in the in the form and in the medium and I've been interested in opportunities within that medium. Like I'm always interested in I write about I write about new mediums, you know, video games or you could you could say that D and D was kind of a new medium. And um and I I've been interested in graphic novels which I I don't think we've really you know, what I started noticing is that graphic novels fell into a few categories. Like primarily, you know, you had the sort of fictional graphic novels. Um, and then you had the the nonfiction ones. They were the, 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 you know, there's been a lot of graphic memoirs. So it's a, a, you know, author slash illustrator, same person. Um, and then there's been some, there's been some comics journalism out there, but, but again, a lot of it is, one person who's the author and the illustrator and I'm not an illustrator and, um, but you know, I'm a journalist and I thought, you know, it'd be cool to take some of these stories, which I think would lend themselves to graphic novels and then, and, you know, bring the, the kind of, um, the gravitas of like, um, the journalism, the reporting and interviewing and all that. But, um, presenting it in this, in this form. So, um, and to me, you know, Dungeons and Dragons was just sort of like the perfect, uh, the perfect story because, you know, it's dealing with a kind of magic realism, which I thought would lend itself really well to the, uh, to graphic novel where, you know, for example, when, you know, they're playing the game or working on the game, you could actually incorporate, sort of real, uh, you know, monsters and mazes uh, in the world around them. So to, to have fun with it in that, in that respect.
0: Absolutely. So were your main sources for building the narrative around Gary's life uh, for your wired article and subsequently for the graphic novel, were your main sources, journalistic ones of going out and interviewing friends and family and colleagues or, mm-hmm. or other sorts of sources?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's what I did. I mean, back, in fact, I've interviewed, I interviewed Gary Gygax a few times for different, different reasons. But the main one was this Wired story. And I, and I went to Lake Geneva um, and spent, you know, uh, there was a, there was a gaming convention there, a really small one that Gary uh, organized. And uh, it was called the Lake Geneva Convention. And, you know, that was, I, I spent time there. I gamed with him. We just hung out, drove me around, you know uh he wasn't uh, one little anecdote that I found interesting about him was that he uh he didn't have a driver's license so he couldn't drive so my tape of of interviewing him it's just me basically driving him around and and he he wouldn't put on a seatbelt so you just hear the seatbelt beep chiming throughout the whole tape but um you know so there was that and then I actually I flew down to uh uh Orlando and where Dave Arneson was uh teaching at full Sail uh university. Um he was teaching game design. So yeah, just did the kind of my usual reporting, talking to a bunch of people and reading and, and assembling all that. So the graphic novel, you know, is an is an, an adaptation of the story that I did for Wired, but there's more things in there that I wasn't able to explore in the in the Wired piece. It strikes
0: me that Gary seems like a really, seemed like a really down to earth humble person. If you, if you Google uh, Gary Gygax, uh, you know, um, or look on YouTube, there's remarkably little of, of him uh, as a public figure. Uh, what, what was it like for you to just spend time with him and, and, and game with him uh, as, as a person?
1: Um, you know, I have to say it was, it was, uh, I definitely was fanboying a little bit just because it's like, I mean, God, I've interviewed so many people over the course of my career. Many are, you know, famous or not. I mean, the fair number of, I've, I've, I've interviewed famous people I should say along the way, but you know, Gygax, I guess, just because I, I was a gamer and, and I get it. You know, I understand D and D and what it meant and what it means. Um, that was just cool. I mean, he was, he's kind of like the Jerry Garcia of role playing games. So, you know, it was just, it was cool to meet him and, you know, get him to sign my monster manual and stuff like that. (laughs) But, um, and I really, you know, I mean, look, I mean, to sit and actually play a role playing game with the dungeon master. I mean, I was, I appreciate the fact that this was, uh, you know, this is a very unique opportunity, but, um, you know, he, um, he is definitely a larger than life character and he was not, you know, I think people have noted about the graphic novel. I mean, it's not, you know, it's a warts and all story. So, I mean, he was a complex person, you know, he wasn't always the nicest person. Um, but that's, you know, that's what it is to be a human being. And that's the story I tried to tell. So, um, You know, he he is very strong-willed, strong-minded. I mean, I noticed that in in hanging out with him um, in terms of, like, his point of view on things that you wouldn't really... I mean, at least I didn't know at the time things that you would expect him to be interested in that he just didn't like, like Lord of the Rings. He had a lot of negative things to say about Lord of the Rings. I mean, I didn't know that. Um, You know, video games. He was not a big fan of video games. So... Um, and then also just kind of learning about his own personal journey um which which was uh you know surprising um that uh, you know as i as I explore in the book that he became uh he became a a religious person later in life so um you know it was a really wonderful
0: opportunity not an opportunity that uh many gamers have had so you're definitely yeah. among the lucky ones yeah uh, and what about dave arneson you mentioned you went down to orlando to speak to him too and it unfortunately i think that you're very right that he's missed much of the credit that really is owing to him uh for his role in in the creation of dungeons and dragons uh, but at the same time i've heard that he really is not bitter about it or was not bitter about was it was not yeah yeah
1: um i don't know about that <laughs> i don't know about that i mean he he was um how could you not be? i mean I think that there had to be some bitterness there but you know he he was when i when I met with him um you know when I met with him um my impression of him was that he was a genuine you know he enjoyed teaching he enjoyed uh passing on um game design. I mean, I remember he he was always wearing a black baseball cap that said Dungeons and Dragons on it. I mean, he was very proud of what he had done. And um, you know, there's an interesting um there's an interesting pattern, interesting phenomenon behind a lot of innovation, which is this idea of a duo, you know, and of the sort of the 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 you know, the amazing thing that this duo can achieve together, and then the tension and you know we and the falling out, we've seen this again and again. Whether it's you know the story of Apple or whether it's the story you know Steve Wozniak and Steve Jobs, or if you see you know in the case of Doom and Quake, which I wrote about um, John Carmack and John Romero, and certainly you know Dave Arneson and, and Gary fit that mold to a large degree in that. You know, I think Gary was kind of, you know, he took, he was the front man, he was the ambitious businessman, you know, Dave was a bit more of the, um, sort of behind the scenes, um, but, but made some hugely important contributions and, um, you know, but I think ultimately got a little bit overshadowed. And too, when
0: you look at where the game is at now and where it's come from, I have presently uh, in my office, the uh, first edition, uh, at, uh, or well, the first Advanced Dungeons and Dragons uh, mm-hmm. Dungeon Master Guide, with the by Gary Gygax emblazoned on the front, and the difference between that book, which mm-hmm. is basically chock full of reference tables, it looks like a, a war game from the Napoleonic era or something, uh, which mm-hmm. is very, very Gygaxian. The difference between that and the fifth edition Player's Handbook, or the fifth edition Dungeon Master Guide, which is absolutely Arnesonian in contrast, Uh it's all about creating a space where your imagination fills in the gaps and and not even attempting to have a table for what happens when a half-elf spy tries to listen through a door, Gygax kind of my understanding at least, uh, and I'd be interested on your insight in this is that Gygax sort of thought you could account for everything. And Arneson, yeah. one of his sort of philosophical conflicts with Arneson was that Arneson said, you're crazy. You can't go down that path.
1: Yeah, I think that's accurate. And, you know, and I think that, but that also, you know, that, that became a kind of, um, uh, you know, that was sort of how they lived their lives too. I think, you know, I mean, Gary, You know, going out to Hollywood and trying to expand and do like you know just going just kind of I don't know maybe too strong to say controlling everything, but but there was that you know, and I think that that Dave certainly by his own design of his life he kind of let the reins go, um, which is sort of what I think he he wanted to do with players as well. So yeah, I do I do I do think that that's you know that's true
0: i asked this of a few of the other um, authors who've come on the show talking about Dungeons and Dragons and the people behind it, but was there anything that surprised you uh, that you had encountered when you were doing your research and your interviews with Gygax and Arneson and some of these other um, players in these early days of d and
1: um, I mean, I think, you know, a few of the things that I mentioned, um, you know, I mean, just to expand on that, like, I just found it interesting that Gygax, you know, he was really, some people called him the antichrist. Like, you know, there was a period of time when the panic over D and D was very real. Um, there's a chapter in the book, uh, chapter six, I believe that deals with a story of Dallas Egbert, who was the student who went missing under the steam tunnels, uh, a university in Michigan, university in Michigan. And, um, you know, which set off kind of a lot of the hysteria about the game and like supposedly it was satanic and then you had these religious groups who would um create these like religious tracks warning parents about, you know, what their their kids were doing in the basements and conjuring demons and all of that. So I found it really surprising and interesting that Gary toward the you know, later in life, um sort of discovered religion and, and, and the, the, this idea of like the person who was supposedly the antichrist, like becoming religious. I just found that to be a compelling uh, arc of, of his story. So, um, so that was one aspect of, of that. I found surprising.
0: What do you think the legacy is today of Gygax and Arneson's creation uh, in, in our contemporary space?
1: Well, you know, like, as I was saying before, I mean, I just think that it's, it's, it's getting bigger by the day. I mean, just turn on TV and, you know, there's Stranger Things and Game of Thrones and, and all of that. And, um, you know, and, and, you know, I mean, I think it's like it who is The Rock and all these, you know, the people coming out as, as D and D players. Um, you know, it used to be kind of dangerous to be a nerd. And I think that, When in those early days in D&D, it's like, you know, it wasn't so cool. It's certainly cool now, I think, to say that you play Dungeons and Dragons. And, um, you know, and I think that's just partly because the the generation who grew up playing it is now in power. So you're seeing, uh, you know, shows like Stranger Things, which is like an homage to to D&D, very heartfelt. Um, you know uh people who grew up playing it are now the game are now kind of creating their own tributes to it, or you know they're 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 wearing their influences on their sleeves so um I think you know as I was saying for a little bit that like that the influence of d and d is not just specifically on the genre of role playing games you know both paper role playing games and video games but Perhaps even um, even more impactfully is the influence it had on all the players who went on to you know it was sort of like their boot camp of creativity was Dungeons and Dragons, and that I think is what the real legacy of the game, or what the, one of the biggest legacies of the game is, I should say.
0: Wrapping up, what's next for you, David? Uh, any projects coming up?
1: Um, you sure. You know, I'm always working on other magazine stories. Uh, I'm working on a book um, that is sort of about the early days of the internet. And, um, and I've definitely planned to do some more, uh, another graphic novel. Um, you know, I enjoyed this experience quite a bit. And I think it's a really, you know, for certain stories, certain, certain true stories, it's just a perfect way to to tell them on a, on a, on a broader canvas. So looking forward to that.
0: Well, we thank you so much for uh, coming on the new books and talking about the amazing graphic novel rise of the dungeon master.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you so much, David. You're welcome.